Are you taking too much medicine or even some outdated drugs? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we'll be talking about how there may be some medications that are no longer the best choice for you, or you might be on too many. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician. His practice is in Apex. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. We'd like to take just a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to We Care Pharmacy and Apex for supporting our show. They're a local community pharmacy that have much lower prices than the big box stores and will even price match on most medications. They have great customer service, and you can contact them at WeCarePharmacyApex.com or give them a call at 919-629-6010. And if you have prescriptions that you want to go there, all you have to do is ask your healthcare provider to electronically send your refills to WeCare, uh, and that's very easy for them to do. Also, we'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem. They may order generic meds directly to your home with free shipping. Often it costs much less than the corner retail chain. You can check them out at marleydrug.com. Dr. Forrest, if people would like more information after the show or they want to find out more information about your practice in Apex, how can they get that? Well, if listeners want to ask general, non-urgent questions uh, and possibly even have those answered on the show, they can email us at accesshealthradio at gmail.com. If they'd like to listen to the show after it airs, uh, or if they have a family member that missed the show, they'd like to hear it, uh, they can always listen to an on-demand session at WPTF.com. And we also upload to Apple Podcasts about an hour after the show airs live. So, Dr. Forrest, I think most people assume that if a medical professional... Uh, especially a doctor, recommends or prescribes a medication, well, that means it's absolutely necessary and it's the best choice for them. But what I understand is that may not always be the case. Yeah, Mike, unfortunately, the safest medications are not always the ones recommended. Um, There have been a lot of changes over the last 10 years uh, in medicine. And uh, one of those is that instead of physicians and patients you know, making the decisions about what medicine is best for them, often the financial considerations or the preferences of the insurance company or even Medicare are having a huge impact on those decisions. Um, And there's been many advances in medical treatments with safer and more effective medications becoming available. But in many cases, because they're newer, uh, they do tend to be more expensive. And that's made some people financially feel like they had to choose more dangerous drugs or uh, their insurance plan or whoever was paying for those medications wanted them to choose a less expensive option. And, uh, you know, the litmus test I like to use is this. You know, I don't recommend any medication for a patient that I would not be willing for a family member or myself to take under the same circumstances. So... Uh, If the medication is not something I would recommend for my own family, I don't recommend it for patients, you know, even if it is, uh, you know, less expensive or cheaper for insurance companies. The most important thing is that it's the safest, most effective thing we can use. So, Dr. Forrest, what are some examples of medications that might be harmful or maybe they have safer alternatives? 
where we're going to discuss just the most common medications today that may have some better alternatives. You know, uh, in pretty much every class of medication, uh, some, some choices are better than others, but we're just going to talk about the sort of big, broad stroke categories uh, where there might be better choices. So uh, the first group of medications we're going to talk about, um, which are commonly misunderstood, are called muscle relaxers. Uh, and this is a class that's sedating. Um, there's a list called the Beers Criteria List, which is a list of medications that people over 65 should not take. And muscle relaxers are one that's on that list. Um, you know, they can really make you uh, more likely to have memory problems. Uh, again, make falls more likely. And especially if you combine them with other medications that are sedating like alcohol. So good alternatives would be uh, the COX-2 inhibitor NSAID class, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. The COX-2 specific ones are easier on your stomach, and they're generic now. So these medications are, you know, they're not over like $10 for a month supply. Um, and, you know, it's been shown to not be habit-forming. It's safer on your stomach than even medicines like Advil or ibuprofen. It's time now, Dr. Forrest, for our Access Health Tip of the Week. So as we talk about uh, medications that might not be ideal or that you might want to consider talking with your healthcare provider about changing, it's incredibly important that listeners understand they should never stop or change one of their prescription medications without first discussing it with their own physician. Just stopping some medications can be dangerous in itself, and result in strokes and heart attacks if it's not done properly or traded for an alternative. So it's very important that any listener understand they should not alter their own medication regimen unless they have consulted their own healthcare provider about it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't always ask at every visit if all the medications that you're being prescribed are still needed and if they're still the best choices. Thanks so much, Dr. Forrest. Dr. Forrest is going to go into more detail on those medications he's mentioned and give you some suggestions for alternatives to talk about with your physician. That's straight ahead on Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. I'm Mike Davis with Dr. Brian Forrest. This is Access Health Radio. Today, we're talking about uh, medications that maybe you shouldn't be taking. Maybe there's some safer alternatives. Now, Dr. Forrest has already mentioned some of those. And Dr. Forrest, I'm anxious to hear, as I'm sure our listeners are, about the medicines that maybe people should talk to their doctor about. Tell us about that. Well, let's, uh, let's start with digoxin. Uh, this is a drug that was developed in the 1930s. It comes from a plant called foxglove. And it's been used for years to treat heart arrhythmias, including things like atrial fibrillation. However, recent studies have shown um, a person taking digoxin's risk of premature death is 21% higher. And even worse, if you were taking it for an irregular heartbeat, you have a 29% increased risk of dying early. So uh, patients that took it for heart failure also had a significant increase in early death. So at this point, there are a lot of alternatives to digoxin that are safer. And some physicians will use a class of medications called calcium channel blockers like diltiazem, and others use medications like beta blockers for these type symptoms. The bottom line is there are just safer choices in modern medicine 
And even some of those that are generic and fairly inexpensive that can treat the same conditions as digoxin have been used for. Um, and the other downside to digoxin is because it can be so toxic, most patients have to get their blood checked on a regular basis to make sure it's not getting into dangerous levels. Um, and another class of, of drugs that's commonly used to help anxiety, sleep, and muscle spasms are called benzodiazepines. Um, and those medications can cause memory loss, abnormal sleepwalking, and when you mix them with pain medicine, they can stop you from breathing. In fact, when you hear about uh, drug overdoses and people dying from that, one of the most common causes is people actually mixing uh, their medications with the benzodiazepines. Um, so you really want to be careful with that. They're also habit forming um, and they really should be used only as a last resort and not in patients on narcotic pain medicine. Um, and examples of these would be things like Valium and Xanax. Most of them, the generic name ends in PAM, like diazepam, temazepam, things like that. So that's a class to avoid. And we talked earlier about that beers list of medications that elderly patients should never take um, that are over 65. And the benzodiazepines are also on that list. Dr. Forrest, I remember on a previous program, we talked about a drug called Coumadin. I think it's also called Warfarin. And I've known a lot of people over the years that have taken this medication as a blood thinner, uh, including my dad back in the day. Are there other better options for that now? Well, yes, Mike. Um, Coumadin or Warfarin, as it's sometimes known, has been a very widely prescribed drug over the years. And people have been on it, uh, have probably been cautioned by their physician about eating foods high in vitamin K, like leafy greens. And the reason is because they can make the medication not work. Uh, it's because of how the medication works uh, on vitamins, especially vitamin K, and the ability to make your um, blood clot. So what many may not know is that this drug is actually uh, a common pesticide. It's been used as a mouse or rat poison for years. And patients who have taken it know that they've had to get their blood checked very often to make sure it's in a safe range. And that's part of the problem is, unfortunately, physicians do not make a profit on selling Coumadin, but many clinics make a lot of money on the blood testing for Coumadin. Uh, there are even some entire clinics around that all they do is test and monitor uh, people on Coumadin. Um, and some of those clinics have been reluctant to change to other newer medications because those new medications require no testing. Um, and that could result, obviously, for those clinics in a loss of income. So the newer medications for um, blood thinning uh, to prevent clots are medications like Eliquis or Xarelto. And they've been shown by the FDA to be safer than Coumadin in terms of the risk for bleeding and also shown to be more effective in many cases of preventing strokes or clots. So, you know, to my way of thinking, if we have medications that have been proven safer and more effective, uh, then for a lot of people, those may really be better choices. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, what about, uh, Dr. Forrest, beta blockers? I've heard that some of those can cause problems as well. Can, uh, can you give us a, a little more information about those? Well, the interesting thing about beta blockers is that there's a wide variety, and some of them have almost no side effects, and other ones have a lot. So um, atenolol, which is also called tenormin, is a beta blocker that's been used for years to control blood pressure, 
decrease heart rate and also for heart failure. Um, and again, like I say, not all beta blockers are bad. In fact, some of them are very helpful and safe. But atenolol has been studied and compared to other medications and found specifically to increase people's risk of a stroke by as much as 26%. And our goal is to decrease your risk for strokes and heart attacks, not to increase your risk. Uh, so some have tried to understand why atenolol specifically causes that problem. And one theory is that although it lowers your blood pressure, uh, it looks like it lowers it in your arms. And your arms is where you get it measured, right? So it's going to decrease the blood flow to your extremities, but at the same time, it increases your blood pressure centrally. So where it affects your heart and brain. So if you think about, you know, when you get cold, uh, your blood flow actually decreases in your arms and legs and increases in the center of your body. And that's likely the reason that atenolol has this effect on stroke. So patients who take a significant dose of it will tell you that their hands and feet feel cold and that they also feel very tired all the time. So there are lots of better options for patients that are still uh, in the same class. And people who have diabetes or almost have diabetes are much better off on things like carvedilol or nabivolol. And those with lung problems like asthma are better off on metoprolol or nabivolol. So some patients use um, this family of medications to help prevent migraines as well. And even propranolol is a better option there. So Atenolol is one I would definitely try to stay away from. Very good. Uh, Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. I'm Mike Davis. This is Access Health Radio. And we're talking about medications you might want to stay away from and maybe some better alternatives to talk with your physician about. And here's a classification that I think affects an awful lot of people, Dr. Forrest, and that's diabetes medication. I understand there's a whole family of older diabetes meds that's not preferred anymore, but they're still in, in fairly common use. Can you tell us about those? Uh, yes, there's a, a family of diabetes medications. They're called sulfonylureas, and they've been commonly used in type 2 diabetes. Um, and those drugs function by sort of squeezing out as much insulin as they can out of your pancreas, which is the organ that produces insulin. Unfortunately, um, they're pretty tough for your pancreas and appear to make it sort of die sooner um, so that your body can't produce its own insulin anymore. The other issue is that these medications frequently cause hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, and that can be really dangerous. So um, these drugs have been used as herbicides and plant poisons as well to kill weeds. And again, I'm not crazy about medications that also work as a commercial poison. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, common examples of the sulfonylureas include glipizide, glyburide, and glimipride. So if you have a medicine that ends in IDE and it's not hydrochlorothiazide, it might be a sulfonylurea. Um, but anything for diabetes that ends in IDE could be a problem. Um, there are much better options now, including metformin, which is really the best option for most patients with type 2 diabetes, and it's very expensive, and we've got data coming out on metformin that it prevents cancer, uh, uh, slows down aging, uh, along with its benefits for, uh, you know, diabetes. So um, there's also newer medications like the SGLT2s, GLPs, which are in that famous class with those Zempic and DPP-4s like Genuvia. And that's a lot of alphabet soup. Mm -hmm. But uh, what you need to know about those oral medications is that they are all safer than sulfonylureas. And the downside is that they are more expensive because they're all relatively new. 
And that's the main reason sometimes patients still get prescribed the older class of sulfonylurea is because they are so cheap for patients and insurance plans that they're going to generally prefer that cheaper option. Uh, but I'll go back to what I said earlier. I don't prescribe medications for patients that I would not feel comfortable with my spell for my family taking. And sulfonylurea is one of those I'd stay away from. Good rule of thumb. We're going to go over some key information in summary form about these potentially dangerous drugs. And we'll have the Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week straight ahead. We're talking medications today that perhaps have a better alternative for you, something you might want to talk to your doctor about. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, time now for the Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, it might surprise our listeners to learn that digoxin is not the only poison that's been used as a medicine. Arsenic has been used to treat some types of cancer and compounds derived from snake venom and a lizard called a Gila monster have also been used for some blood pressure and diabetes medications. Wow, a Gila monster. <laughs> That's right. Gila, Gila monster spit will cure what ails you. Wow, <laughs> wow. Okay, and I and there's a guy coming into town on a Conestoga with all kinds of uh, oils, too, that uh, they'll sell you. So That's right. what are some keys to remember from today's show, Dr. Forrest? Well, the most important thing is to remember you should never stop a medication you've been prescribed on your own. Uh, stopping blood thinners or heart medications can be really dangerous if they're not done properly um, or replaced with alternatives. So always consult your own physician before you make any medication changes. Um, and we've talked extensively about several medications in the modern era that may have better alternatives. Uh, but briefly, I'll just cover this list again. If you're taking any of those medications, um, you really should question your physician about these. So sulfonylureas, certain beta blockers like atenolol, uh, warfarin, coumadin, and digoxin. Um, those are the ones really you need to watch out for. Um, and even if you know the medications you're on are good ones, don't forget that you want to make sure you still need them all. Um, often people will bring uh, patients to me to give a second opinion, and one of the most common things I do is just get them on less medications. And I had a patient brought to me for a second opinion recently. And after we stopped about 11 medications, it turns out that the patient who'd been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease didn't actually have Alzheimer's disease. And they were clear as a bell once we cut those, some of those medications out. Well, Dr. Forrest, this has been great information that I know a lot of people can really take advantage of and they'll want to talk with their physicians about. But that's all the time we have for this week. And our scripture this week is from Psalm 140, 1 through 3. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who devise evil things in their hearts. They continually stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues as a serpent. Poison of a viper is under their lips. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.